0: Duncan and Bo come correct.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're creatures and guy man's. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Duncan and Bo come the X Files, in which uh, are your faithful heroes, myself and my uh, reliable guy man, Duncan <laughs> McLeish.
0: <laughs> guy man, that's yeah, awesome.
1: <laughs> I don't. It's. There are so many K- things I kind of love K- about this
0: episode. I kind of hate my parents for calling me Duncan now when obviously it should have been Guy Man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guy, Guy Man is, at first I thought it was just a terrible pseudonym, but like the, revi- <laughs> all right, we'll get into it. So uh, this is episode three of The Return of the X-Files. Um, uh, it is a, uh, it is called, Larry, right, let's just get the, 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 uh, the Curriculum Vitae. Out of the way here, Duncan, because uh, things are going to get weird and goofy in a hurry. Um, so we've got uh, the title of the the episode number three in in season ten, technically, uh, is Mulder and Scully meet the Weremonster. Monster. A little background: This is uh, written and directed by Darren Morgan, mm-hmm. who is a an X Files mainstay. Uh, he played the Sucker Man. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, we try to be a little bit informative. You know, you? <laughs> I mean, it ain't no Chronicle, but we try to do our best. <laughs> and, by the way, listen, Duncan's new show, Chronicle. Um, <laughs> he also is responsible for writing some of the best episodes of the X-Files. Uh-huh. Uh, among those include uh, Humbug, oh. which involved uh, a, a mystery involving a, a series of carnival freaks.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that episode.
1: Really good. He also did uh War of the Copper Phages, which was about a town uh potentially um attacked by cockroaches. I love that one as well. Yep. Uh he did Jose Chung's From Outer Space, which was like yeah. about the ro- Charles Nelson Reilly as the science fiction writer. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, another one called uh, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose, which uh in- involved uh Peter Boyle as a psychic, uh, also a very good episode yeah. and, and then returns Duncan mm-hmm. to do Mulder and Scully meet the were monster, <laughs> uh, writing and directing this episode. Um, in addition to, uh, you know, obviously Gillian Anderson as uh Scully and, and David Duchovny as Fox Mulder. Um, it also has, uh, Camille Nanjiani, Mm-hmm. uh who is a an outspoken fan of the X-Files uh in a in a guest part like this whole episode feels like a bunch of fan service yeah uh yeah, w- which is great i'm not, i'm not complaining about that but uh more importantly uh oh there's also uh Tyler Labine and uh um who is in this episode listed as Stoner number 1 but he appeared as if not the same same character, at least a stoner in previous episodes of the X Files.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, I think. Um, there, but there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of little in nods to to previous X Files episodes in here as well. So
1: yes, and we will get to those. But I saved the best for last, Duncan. <laughs> it stars Reese Darby, <laughs> he of werewolves, not werewolves. Ah, oh, yes. As Guy Man. M-A-N-N. The, uh, the, look, this is all spoilers. So if you haven't watched the episode yet, watch the episode, come back. And then we're going to, we're going to talk a a whole lot about it. Uh, he is in fact, the weird creature in question, but because this is an X-Files episode in the, in the grand tradition of weirdo X-Files episodes, he is a weird creature with a twist. Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll get into that. So, uh, first impressions, Duncan, uh, what uh, your, your takeaway, cause we haven't talked about this episode really. So no. let's just begin with, did you enjoy this episode? And Okay. Cause I, you know, I, when I, I, mentioned this to you earlier, I can see the argument for this being an excessively silly episode of the show,
0: which it is. Yes. It is. Yeah. It is. We, we spoke about this what, on, the, on the previous episode where I said that the X-Files ran the gambit of of loads of stuff in fact they may have actually been in a Duncan and Boak correct, where they covered so many, I mean the show was on for 200 and odd episodes so it's gonna have to try different things and they had episodes which were comic book inspired, they had episodes which were kind of noir-esque inspired, they had an episode I'm fairly sure that was a musical um, you know they're gonna cover these things but to me, it was always at its most fun and playful when it was doing this kind of... The, the classic example, and I didn't realise it was the same writer, was the one about the carnival, the, the kind of freak show carnival, which has this really, really biting, very, very, very funny sense of humour to what is ultimately quite a dark episode. Um, and I, I, that was the one that I, I I would say that this episode was most akin to, was that. It, it is... In, to me, we said last week that I had read advanced reviews for the entire season and they had said in there that there was potentially one of the best episodes of the X-Files ever made was in this run of your six shows. And I'm not sure that they weren't talking about three this episode, I, yeah, I genuinely think, yeah. is one of the best episodes. This, if ever there was a, this episode was made for the X Files. So you couldn't do this on any other TV show ever and make it work even remotely near as well as it worked on on this week's show. Yeah, it's it, it's an episode
1: that certainly not only doesn't take itself seriously, but it, it pokes fun at itself in a way that is really remarkable. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't, um, you know, it, it's such a fine line between a, mo- or a movie or television show that can parody itself without diminishing its own importance or its own sense of, of being something worthwhile, you know, uh, being a, a real piece of art, uh, for lack of a better term. And like you said, this show is just filled with, uh, nods to previous episodes and and all that. And it's also very silly and very fun. And I laughed really hard <laughs> during the viewing of this episode. And let's just, let's kind of begin at the beginning of this episode. Um, so we start off uh, with uh, Tyler Labine and I can't think of the actress's name now, but she was also uh, in previous episodes of the X-Files, but they are huffing paint in the woods mm-hmm. like you do. I mean, in America, I don't know what you
0: <laughs> But that's. Ooh, paint. Fancy. Right. Like you've got freedom or something over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for now. Um,
1: so we're, we're huffing paint in the woods. Then, uh, there is, there's a scream. And we, we find a, uh, a horned creature, um, darting through the brush. And when, when our stoners go to investigate, they find um, a man who is injured and one who is clearly dead. His uh, his throat uh, ripped asunder. And um, it, it sets the tone pretty quickly. Of Because they start talking about werewolves in this opening scene, like the two stoners. And they're saying, you know, what would you do if you were a werewolf? And Halele Bean says, I don't know, probably get high. Um, which is, of course, what they're doing. And it also begins intimating that this is going to be a story of, of lycanthropy of one form or another. Um, and so we move from that into uh, the office where uh, of the FBI where Mulder is hurling pencils a la David Letterman at the I Want to Believe poster and lamenting the fact that It seems like every time he, he is about to believe in something, um, his belief is undermined by whether it's the, uh, ice, uh, where, whether it's science that undoes him or it turns out to be a fake or, you know, basically he, he, he wants to believe in the supernatural and the paranormal and the extraterrestrial. But at every turn, logic, facts and science, uh, as well as hoaxes are getting in the way.
0: Yeah, it's kind of almost the. the it's kind of almost like an existential crisis of fate. He's coming across, which is which is quite cool to see him have. I, I, I like I like that aspect because Mulder tends to be the one that's usually so um, cocksure uh, of of what's happening with things. You know that that's out there and we're going to get and all the rest. I love his idea of him just kind of sitting there. Kinda of on some level just not believing that there's any monsters out there now. I I really I really liked that idea. I thought that was really it was really well done and Dekovny played it brilliant. Kinda of like restless sort of kind of teenager. <laughs> I, mean, I thought it was really good.
1: Yeah, he's very much the the like you said, he's kind of the teenager. He he's just full of angst about the yeah, the the fact that there are just no miracles left in the world. You know? Um and, and that's what he wants. he wants. He wants something that is truly a monster. He wants to finally, for himself, at, le- at the very least, confirm that it's worth pursuing all this. And so into their lap falls this case uh, in which the stoners have provided um, artist renderings yeah. of the, the attacker. Um, a lizard-like person, one with one eye and one with three eyes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and Mulder is, let's say, skeptical. Um, he is still in his angsty mode and, uh, into the mix is, uh, the, the character of, uh, Pasha, uh, the Camille Nanjiani character, who is a, uh, uh, local wildlife, uh, ranger kind of character. Mm -hmm. And, um, he is definitely kind of cowardly. Uh, and is out there hunting for you know this this creature that could have attacked um, uh, these individuals. There ha- has been a spate of murders, one of which has, has been left naked. Um, and later, of course, we learn out w- why that was. But uh, yeah, so our investigation begins. It's very classic X Files. We we have our setup. We go to this weird town filled with weird people. Um then uh, as as the investigation continues, there is an attack where Mulder and uh, uh, is chasing after the potential uh, threat with his camera phone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> he's not necessarily a great camera photographer. <laughs> Can't quite figure out the uh, the app. It's a new app he says that uh, that he's working on and a uh, a transgender lady has been attacked by uh, this lizard-like creature and uh, and another body has uh, has been found so um as as we're kind of going through this episode this was the point where i was like okay all bets are off this is just going to be ridiculous um because of the way that Duchovny is chasing after this thing with his camera phone flashing every like one to three seconds, <laughs> and and then this results in him like chasing it in theory into a porta potty. They open the porta potty door, and there sits Rhys Darby, um, you know, asking for a little bit of privacy, and then they they go chasing away. Um, mm-hmm. And it's worth noting Rhys Darby is wearing the Kolchak outfit. Yes, Stalker, yes. Yeah. Mm. And a little bit of trivia, this script uh, was originally intended uh, to be a, a an episode in the Night Stalker revival series. Fuck off, really? Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so there's there's all kinds of little nods in here, and I'm going to point out the ones I know, mm. uh, which aren't probably everyone, but there, there are a few yet to come. Um... So yeah, so now Mulder and Scully are trapped in this little town. Evidence is starting to stack up that there is in fact some sort of lizard-like monster on the loose. Mm-hmm. And this leads to and you know yell at me if I'm skipping over something. Uh perhaps the great All right, so <laughs> one in the hotel. Yeah. Or motel, let's not get fancy. This is a motel, <laughs> not a hotel. <laughs> So uh, Mulder hears someone scream "monster," and uh, and then there's a, a kerfuffle. And Mulder goes to investigate and and finds at the counter uh, the owner of the motel or manager of the motel, one would assume owner, I guess, um, saying that uh, somebody didn't want to pay their bill. That's why he yelled "monster." But uh, Mulder finds uh, a room uh, upon leaving the office finds that there's a door to a room that's opened up, and uh, one of the uh, stuffed, mounted heads on the wall, uh, like a hunter's lodge kind of head. Uh, in this case, was that a rabbit? What was it in that room? Anyway.
0: Yeah, I think, I, think, I think you're right. Yeah, I
1: think it was a rabbit, yeah. And he finds that there are actually hidden passages, kind of like the movie Vacancy. All behind all all the rooms where uh, the owner of the motel can sneak behind the walls and and kind of peek in on people. And once he confronts uh, the motel owner about this, we learn um, that what the motel owner believes he has seen is a man transforming into a lizard creature, which prompted him to yell monster. uh, And then the guy uh, or the lizard creature flees into the night. Mm-hmm. Presumably to kill. And then uh, comes one of my favorite things ever to happen on an X-Files episode. Mulder busts into Scully's room. Yeah. <laughs> to explain his theory of what's going on, which involves a man transforming into a lizard and then going out and murdering people, uh, which leads to Scully saying, now this is the Mulder I like. And he's like, oh, you believe me? And he's she says, no, it's bat crap crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but like this moment is kind of representative of why I love this episode so much. It is it is yeah. Mulder espousing crazy ass theories and Scully listening to it, but also kind of enjoying how off the rails his theory is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is, it's harking back to the good old days, and does she not, is there not a line where she says something about like, I really miss these cases, or something, uh, oh, it's going to annoy me. Yeah, it's a specific, it's something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and that, she's basically voicing, the, 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 she's voicing what the audience feels, like, for, from my point of view, she's, like, I, I love it when Mulder goes crazy, I love these, epi- I love these quirky episodes, so yeah, I, I think it is, it's very, very, very funny. And of course, my like, mother's like a kid. <laughs> he's like around the place, all excited. Yeah. Uh, and it's
1: it's important to note that he he was splashed with blood. Um. <laughs> during it, when when aren't the truck stuff with the, the transgender lady uh, where she's attacked, and um, it it turns out that there's a species of lizard that its defense mechanism is squirting blood out of its eyes. Yep. <laughs> And so Mulder believes that's what's happened, that there's, you know, this creature that, uh, you know, has somehow evolved into the ability to transform into, into uh, a lizard. Um, so Scully, of course, goes the scientific route and is examining, like, blood found at the scene and all that stuff. Uh, Mulder, on the other hand, goes to visit um, a local psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um, who tells a really wackadoo story about people who turned into lizards and the only way to kill them is to uh, shove um, green glass into, uh, is it their pancreas or gallbladder?
0: Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's a, a pancreas. A
1: idea, yeah. And um, it, it's kind of a moment where, you know, Mulder has to deal with a quirky character um, but is also more inclined to believe the weird stuff he's saying than the character himself. Mm-hmm. Um and this does, however, put him on the path of uh a <laughs> a character named Guy Man. <laughs> um Scully uh has been doing research of her own, but has, you know, decided she's gonna um Investigate the cell phone shop uh, where, or well, she's not technically investigating the cell phone shop. She, he shows up and Scully has been inside the cell phone store and the place has been trashed and the guy who worked there has gone on the lane. Mm. And, um, Mulder believes it's because when, uh, Scully went in to question him, That, uh, you know, he freaked out because he had been, he had been found out. And of course, we later learned this isn't the case. So, um, let's just, unless you, unless you have any, anything to add there, we're just gonna jump to the confrontation.
0: Yeah, jump to the confrontation because it's fucking brilliant.
1: So, Mulder does finally track down the, uh, the mysterious guy man to a cemetery. And I'll point out one other thing here. Um, the name on one of the the headstones is Kim manners, who was a producer of the X-Files. Who's no longer with us. And, um, I, I thought that was a really nice touch
0: as well. I thought the same. Yeah. Uh,
1: and previously one other thing I'll point out just to sound like a smarty pants. Um, there is a moment where, um, Scully, when they're talking about the threat of death and Scully says, I'm immortal, which is a reference to the episode about the photographer, Mm-hmm. who says uh, he can't see when she's going to die.
0: Yeah, that's right. Or, yeah. That
1: she doesn't die is what, what he says. Yeah. So um, anyway, just a weird little, like why, why for this in the, in the show, other than to make nerds like myself go like, Oh, he's talking about that episode. <laughs> um, so I get real excited and all right. So here goes David Duchovny and Reese Darby and Reese Darby proceeds to relate his tragic tale. And and Duncan, I only feel it would be right if you kind of summarized this because of your accent. That how? I, I know it's not New Zealand, but it's foreign, and I like that.
0: <laughs> but I listen, I I I like you, right? But sure, not sure. all foreigners sound the same.
1: I know you two don't sound exactly the same. <laughs> I'm just taking what I can get. Like if we had a New Zealander on the show. A, a Kiwi, as they're called.
0: You would ask him to do a Scottish accent?
1: Uh, no, I'm not asking you to do a Kiwi accent. I'm just asking you to talk in your normal, you know, Scott accent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I can't gonna, I, Yeah, so his his, his his tale of Wobo. Yes.
1: With, it is, oh, Wobo. it's tragic.
0: Wobo's up there beside Guy Man.
1: Yes. Yeah, um, <laughs> that, that is my fake lizard person name. <laughs>
0: this this is kind of fresh in my mind. I, I've I've like I watched this earlier today. So he's um he's in the forest and he's enjoying. He, he's having some fun with the moonlight bow. Um and some men. You can see some men and they, they appear to be fighting. Is this the story we're on about? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But that's that's what, just making sure. Just making sure. Yeah, yeah. Um and 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 one of the men, who is Pasha, uh, bites him. Um, but, but Guy obviously, you know, kind of they fought him off. And when Guy woke up in the morning, um, he had transformed into a human. Yes. Which, which is fucking ludicrous. And he hears this voice in his head. Um, <laughs> and he realises that um, it's kind of like his own self conscious. Um, and it, it kind of tells him that he's he's, he's naked. Um, <laughs> he, he needs. To, he needs to find some clothes, so he <laughs> he takes a clothes off one of the dead bodies. Um, and as soon as he did, he became infatuated with this idea that he had to hunt down the job <laughs> so, <laughs> so he went away and he got a job at the phone
1: store. Right, but at which point. Uh, Mulder <laughs> rightfully asks him, wait a second, you don't have a social security number, you don't have any ID, how did you get a job at the phone store?
0: That's <laughs> um...
1: <laughs> And it, it turns out during his transformation, he also has developed the innate human, bil- uh, human ability to bullshit people.
0: Yeah, he's, he's become like the ultimate salesman. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. He's, he's the ultimate. He's become the ultimate salesman. Um, so, so um, later on that night, he he, he kills a cow, um, and then goes to a drive-through where he, he he orders like a burger and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he he goes to a drive-through, even though he. he it doesn't have a car
1: <laughs> right which is one of the big laughs of the episode to me <laughs> yeah. is you have to you have to be in a car to order sir yeah why <laughs> so and my impression was that he didn't kill a cow he just thinks that the act of eating a cheeseburger
0: yeah is killing a cow because he's, right. he's still a lizard so a yeah. lizard than a man he's so. an
1: insectivore yeah <laughs> because <laughs> no one likes insects, not even other insects
0: and <laughs> uh, so so he takes his burger or as he refers to it, his kill um, right. and <laughs> he, he checks and he checks into like the the hotel motel thing um and he spends the rest of the day watching porn um and like as as things kind of start to turn tonight, he kind of he transforms back into his lizard kind of form again. Um, so he starts like, kind of stripping them, um, and, and when he wakes in the morning, he he's human again. He's, he's back to being like an, a like a man, um, so, and he kind of has this desperate need for for like a, a like a coffee, um, and then he goes back to work but he doesn't want to work, but he's now, got this, he's now got this like irrational fear that he's not going to be able to pay any of his bills.
1: Um, <laughs> not putting enough money away for retirement. He's going to yeah. have to get a mortgage.
0: Yeah. A mortgage. Which is just, brilliant. <laughs> so um, he goes to visit like one of these, uh, what he calls a witch doctor, but it's the, it's the kind of psychiatrist did. Um, and he thinks that the medication that he's going to be given from him is going to turn him back into a lizard, like, forever. Um, but it didn't. So he, he did something quite insane, Bo. He got himself a puppy. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he names it, what was it? It's, it's, it's Dagoo, Dagoo. Yeah. The, Dagu.
1: The, the scene of him in his lizard form Chasing this puppy around the motel room is so absurd and wonderful.
0: <laughs> so, but but he has fun playing with the puppy, um, and, and until you know he's he goes away to work, and when he, he comes back, he finds that the maid uh, has come in to clean the room, and let the dog out, and it, you know obviously this upsets Guy quite a bit, um, and he goes searching for the dog, and that's what took him to the truck stop. Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> so he goes to the, um, so when he's at the the truck stop, that's the, he 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 found the human who bit him, uh, who who is Pasha, uh, and you know, I um, when he saw him, he, he wanted revenge basically so he um kind of kind of starts to, to be a bit stalkery with Pasha and kind of plans to it's like he wants to wants to strangle him and eat him. um but he, as he's kinda as he's starting to approach um upon Pasha he realizes that Pasha's actually a serial killer <laughs> he's, he's kind of right, a do-
1: monster a real monster yeah, yeah he's,
0: Doing it to someone else, which is once again the classic trope of the X Files in these episodes is you think that you're going after the monster, but the monster's not the monster, someone else is the monster. Um, so he um, is obviously like scared shitless when he sees this, and um, he basically decides to, to go back into the wild. Um, but when he, he kind of starts to go, he turns back into human, so once again, he feels compelled to go back to work. Um, and, yeah, that, that kind of ties up. It's one of the most ludicrous stories ever. It's like one of those, it's like, you know, when a kid's explaining something, you're like, how did that vase break? Well, a raccoon came through the window and, uh, you know, it was running across the floor and it slipped on a peanut butter sandwich and smacked into the table and that's how the jar broke. It's yeah. just fucking brilliant. It's, just, it's train of thought stuff. It's hilarious. And... When he's
1: talking about being at the truck stop, the other, not other, but one of the other big laughs I had in this episode is when Reese Darby is talking about, like, oh, seeing, um you know, Pasha and Mulder suddenly turning around, like, shining the light at him. Yeah. And he's like, I didn't even have time to, uh, time to spit blood out my eyes, you know? <laughs> and... Like, he is such a pitiful creature, but, like, the genius of the episode, um, is that he encapsulates the human experience <laughs> almost completely. Like, the frustration, like, when, when, uh, when he tells the story about, like, Scully coming to visit him at the, uh, uh, the phone store. Uh,
0: yeah, this phone shop, yeah.
1: And, which, you know, thank goodness we got sexy Jillian Anderson for a second, but, like, he tells this ridiculous story about her coming on to him and them having yeah. sex, and Mulder's like, that didn't happen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, but the reality of it was that he just got so frustrated with his job that he was like, I quit and like <laughs> trashed the place and ran out. Mm. Um, and yeah, but it's, you know, it's all that stuff of like, I got to get a mortgage. I like put enough away for retirement. I should get a dog. Like everything that a person goes through over the course of many years. Yeah. It happens to him in a day and a day, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's just so frustrated by this sense of self-awareness and doubt and all that stuff. He just wants to get back to his lizard form and ultimately, uh, go into hibernation, which, mm-hmm. and, and, Fingers crossed or webbed claws crossed (laughs) when he wakes up, he'll have shaken this whole transform into a person thing. Mm -hmm. And then we learned that he is going to hibernate for 10,000 years. Yeah. So we just happen to luck into this moment where he is awake for a bit to feed and he's going back to sleep. Um, so then we we leave uh, Rhys Darby, like, uh, he shakes hands with Mulder as the lizard creature, thereby confirming that, yes, there are monsters out there and uh, that Mulder can continue his search with secure in the knowledge that there really are monsters out there, even if they aren't the ones we think they are. And uh, then we get uh, a scene where Scully has apprehended Pasha mm-hmm. back at the uh, animal shelter. And Because, of course, she did. She's completely the reliable, decent person in this episode. (laughs) And everyone else is a knucklehead. But um, at that point, Pasha begins to describe his descent into serial murder. And he's quickly shut off. Uh, (laughs) Which is a great moment. As they're taking him away, he's like, but I had this whole thing prepared. Like, I had a whole story. And they're like, yeah, 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 we don't need it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, much like the rest of the episode, doing its level best to be as subversive as possible mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to what you would, would expect the show to do and what it really does. Mm-hmm. And, like, the only way you can really see this episode coming is to have seen other episodes of The X-Files that are this kind of silly.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's something I was wanting to kind of touch on because this is obviously the plan of this run of shows is to kind of really, well, there's two plans for it. One is to kind of tie things up a bit better. They, they did say they want to come back with a limited six-episode run of shows. Um, and part of me, you know, thinks, you know, the, the, the cynical part of me, both thinks that is to test the water to see if it's viable to kind of resurrect this. We mentioned this in the previous week. If you're a new viewer, right, who is of a younger demographic who's used to watching different stuff, <laughs> stuff not as weird. And you sit down to this episode out of context. Do you think it connects? Yeah, you know, I, I do. I mean,
1: like the in jokes, I think are subtle enough mm-hmm. that if you don't, if you're, if you don't know the, the show, well, I don't think you're missing anything with, you know, lines about like Scully saying that she's immortal or, you know, the, the tombstone or any of that stuff or Tyler mm-hmm. Levine popping back up. Like none of that stuff, I think, ultimately detracts from the episode um, to the larger point, though, of shifting tonally so clearly yeah. in, into a, an episode that it might as well be a musical. You know, like, it is yeah. that different from the, the two episodes that preceded it, which are very grim exposition-heavy affairs. And this is just like, you know what? We're going to have a good time tonight, y'all. And mm-hmm. here's a were-lizard, but it's really a lizard that, like, the 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 monster he turns into is a person, not the other way around. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, the 90s were a, a really interesting time for television because the X-Files was doing weird stuff like this. Um, and uh, a show that I bring up way too much, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, also did this kind of thing where they would do a musical episode or an episode yep. with almost no dialogue and that kind of thing. Um, but I, I don't think you have to, to have a track record of, of this show to appreciate the fact that, like, oh, this is just a good time. Mm. You know, I think it's funny enough and, and kind of subversive enough to be entertaining on its own. I think it might be a little bit of a shock if you go back to the other episodes. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's not what this show is. They were just doing this weird kind of one-off thing. And then, you know, at that point, I think that's where the research comes in, where you're like, okay, like w- like two or three times a season, they do something that's either, like, goofy or weird or off the beaten track or whatever.
0: Yeah. And, you know, but those tend to be the best episodes. Um, I would agree, yeah. Some Some of my favorite X-Files episodes of all time are the ones that are just completely standalone stories that don't fit into anything that they don't ever really mention again on the show. Or you know the 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 kind of throwaway the, the kind of throwaway episode that you know never really makes sense whether it's the the travelling salesman who just happens to be a, a demon uh, who's going around fathering lots of kids or you know or it is the the kind of freak show kind of carnival episode with the the kind of. Quaddles, sorry, like yeah, or you know what I mean? It's yeah, or
1: it's, like that. There was that Christmas episode with like Lily Tomlin and the haunted house. Yep, and which was a real weird episode as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the show it, does think, this stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I think. But you, you hit the nail on the head. It, the, they did it in every season. Like every season, of the X Files had a couple of quirky episodes, and the reason they had a couple of quirky episodes is a season lasted like 20 odd episodes you can't do 20 odd episodes of a season and and just have the same grim tone and the same idea of oh it's a conspiracy but we'll never get to the end of the conspiracy and it's the government but we'll never get the government and it's aliens we'll never get the you know you can't do that every episode you need something to break up or it becomes monotonous and that was what was really clever and I think that it, it it's clear for me that it, it couldn't have been any more deliberate to place this episode as number three we we're, we're slu- smack dab right in the middle of the season now. And we're going to get the quirky stuff out the way. It appears that next week's episode um, is going to kind of target back in on the the kind of what happened to Mulder and Scully's kid thing, and you know as well as dealing with something else in the story. But it looks like they're going to be covering that aspect. So we're going to go back to some kind of heavy hitting stuff. You can't have you know I would not be happy to have the X Files come back for six episodes and every single one of them be very serious and very grim. I, I kind of want the X-Files experience and that's what they're giving us and that's what, to me, this this highlights the best aspects of what made it one of my favourite TV shows when it was on and its original run is that you never, like, you would get a quirky episode and you never knew where it would go. It, it follows, funnily enough, it doesn't do anything original in the X-Files canon. It, like, like I say, it was always... With the monster episodes, it was always the monster wasn't the monster. Man was the monster. And it kind of sticks to that. But there's some genius in the casting and in the writing in this episode. And it is legitimately laugh out loud funny. I mean, I was I had tears in my eyes with laughter at certain scenes because it's just so ludicrous. And like I say, you, you give me another show that is around just now that could pull off what this episode did and not come across as just silly and goofy.
1: I can do that. Oh. And I just started watching it, uh, so uh, I could be totally wrong, but it certainly feels that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that I'm totally wrong, but it feels like the show is is willing to do weird stuff. Um, It's actually the show Limitless.
0: Oh, right. I know of it, but I'm nervous. Is that based on the movie? It is. It is. And Bradley
1: Cooper produced it and, and plays a minor role in it. Uh, mm-hmm. time to time. But yeah, yeah, like, that's a show that appears to be willing to do some really weird things with its main characters and with the tone of the show. Um, and again, I'm early on, so don't, I, I, like, it could just be that I've watched the one or two episodes of it that were doing some interesting stuff. And it's not quite as extreme as The X-Files, but, um, yeah, I mean, there aren't many to your point like i don't i don't want to like give you one example and then that's the reason why you're yeah. wrong or something <laughs> yeah. um there's so many other reasons but no no <laughs> the, you're right though that like the there aren't a ton of shows that will drastically shift tone like this like and maybe maybe you're right maybe part of the reason is because you're dealing you know with like ten to thirteen episode runs of, of seasons these days. Um, mm-hmm. There are some shows that you know do the the full twenty twenty two, but I, yeah, I don't know of any that you know really diverge so wildly from their typical format. And yeah, in mean, X Files. I mean,
0: there, there, there have. I mean, I mean, the one that kind of springs to mind w- with me would be, <clears throat> but it's not goofy. But it just kind of moves away and it like There was that episode, The Fly, in Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah. is completely. I mean, it, it doesn't really fit in with the the tone of the show, but is deliberately put there to bridge the gap between this really traumatic scene that ends one episode and how the season will move on beyond it. And it kind of highlights just how... It kind of highlights the level of psychosis and desperation and all the rest, but the way it's shot, completely different to how the rest of the TV show is done. And even to an extent, Hannibal... Hannibal, at times, had particular episodes which were just... Completely weird, even by Hannibal standards, but not goofy. They lack the humour, and this, that's the thing. Like, X Files is one of the very few shows, it's one of the rare shows that can balance. Like, Buffy's probably the closest thing that ever came to it, to be fair. The ludicrous, absurd, the comedy, and be entertaining, and you would know for a fact that next week everything could go serious as serious and as danger-laden as possible without actually feeling like the episode shouldn't have been in the season. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, You can shift very, very quickly in between episodes with tone in the X-Files, unlike... Uh, it's one of its strengths. Like, a lot of them don't have that. I, I mean, and, and Chris Carter took it over to Millennium. Millennium's the same. There's a couple of episodes in... in all three actually of the millennium series which were tonally a wee bit weird and i think that speaks a lot more to him um and his influences and how that that kind of permeates through but the guy that wrote this episode is oh you're listing off some of my favorite x-files episodes and this one is right up there with them now Uh, it's it's brilliant i fucking absolutely I, i can't stress how happy i was watching this episode and if nothing else And the season remotely touches this, it has been worth coming back for six episodes just to have this episode.
1: Yeah, so now that we have three episodes on the table, Mm -hmm. I think we should end each show with ranking the episodes that we've seen thus far. Mm -hmm. So, um, I agree, I think this is the best of the season so far. My ranking would be uh, this episode, and then two and one. I think one is the weakest so far.
0: I'm with you 100%. It's three, two, one. Um, three to me is like a full head and shoulders above two, though. I mean, I, I like to, to fell back into a format that I really felt comfortable with. It felt like X-Files and feel as rushed and pushed. I was actually thinking about this more and more. The more I've kind of thought about it, the more I think that that first episode is really almost a kind of reboot of the the very first pilot episode of the X-Files. And I was I was kind of trying to... Th- I, I went back and watched the pilot. And I just wanted to see... Because we were talking about information dump, like, in, in that first episode, where it was just... It seemed like we were jumping very, very quickly into a lot of it. At that very first episode of the X-Files, there is a ton of information flung at the viewer. I think like, it's handled...
1: A lot more yeah. elegantly in the plot.
0: That's, that's yeah. I think that's the the difference is that it could, it was handled. I think it was handled in a way because we didn't know the characters, which was the benefit. You know, what I mean, we didn't know the characters, so we didn't know where Mulder was going with things, and we, we you know we didn't know how eccentric he was as a character, and we didn't really know who if we should trust Scully or not, or all these things which are right back in the first episode that. Because these characters are already established, it kind of feels rushed and muddled. It's like they're trying to put the same attention and the same tone to characters we're very much familiar with. And it's like I said to you, how do you write that episode where you basically have to account for 15 years of conspiracy theories, link it back into how the show was running, take an account that is already ran for 200 and odd episodes, and then set the tempo for the season ahead in 45 minutes. It's a huge ask. And we said that it should should have been a double episode. Should have been, you know, feature length, hour and 20 minutes. That's how you do it. But there's a lot of parallels, I think, between that very first episode, the pilot, and it's like you said, it's just not handled with the same finesse, um, and and also that that first episode benefits from the fact that we would never seen a show like that. You know what I mean? It, sure, it's, pref- sure. it's fresh and original. By this point, it's kind of tired and cliched. We've seen it before. We we know we know we've done this dance. We know how this dance goes. You know what I mean? Um, so, I don't I don't hate that first episode. I, I've kind of in the last week that I've thought about it, I. Have, I feel myself making almost small excuses for it. Um, it's not a great episode by any stretch of the imagination, but I kind of see what they were given. Um, I can kind of, like I say before, and I'll come back to it, I'm sure I'll say it at the very end as well, it kind of feels like the human shield that takes all the flack and all the it's deliberately put there as a buffer in order to allow all the other episodes to do what they want, and this third episode is a prime example of that. It's went off and done what the, the the best parts of the X-Files can do, um, without having that need to look over its shoulder to, well, people are going to ask what's happening with the conspiracy, and people are going to ask what... You know what I mean? Because so much of that has been dumped out in that first episode, so yeah three three two one by far three is like three is possibly the best x files episode since maybe season four <laughs> you know what I mean yeah you're that's not wrong yeah. yeah that's how far we're going now it's it's incredible it's absolutely incredible um and like I say, it reminds you why like anyone that anyone that bitches and mods and I've seen a lot there's a lot of negative comments about the return of this show um and I, I just, I, I I don't get the hate. You don't have to watch it. But for those that want to watch it, like me and you, this episode's made for us, so.
1: Yeah, and to to sort of echo your sentiments here, I, I do think this episode was allowed to happen uh, because of what the first two episodes do. Like, I think that second episode is a good mythology episode of The X-Files. Yeah. Of you know, kind of building on the, what came before, it reminds me a little bit, um, kind of of the episode. Uh, do you remember the one with Mark Strong where he could uh, set fires and um, what had was killing the aristocracy?
0: Oh, he was Irish, wasn't he? Yeah.
1: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I remember that one. That's, I think that's season one as
1: well. was right. I, yeah, I think it is. But I like the second episode kind of reminded me of that tonally. Mm-hmm. You know, of it's it's kind of dark, and there's this weird stuff going on, and you know, it, it's left a little open ended, and all that stuff. It felt like a good episode of the X Files, not a yeah. great one, but a really good one. And this was the one that was just like, Oh, X-Files. Oh, sometimes (laughs) you treat me so, so right. You know, like, like the the second season was like, Hey, we're going to go to a chain restaurant for dinner. And then we're going to watch some TV and go to bed. Mm. And, and episode three of the X-Files season 10 was like, no, no, it's time we go out. We're going to get a good steak. (laughs) We're going to come home, I'm going to put on some music, maybe give you a back rub. (laughs) And then we're going to throw a little Reese Darby into the mix. What do you think about that?
0: (laughs) He's so well cast for this. Like, so well cast. It is
1: incredible what he brings to a role. He is, as soon as I saw that he was in this episode, you know, I did my little happy dance. I was like, okay, I don't care how big his part is. As long as, you know, I get a little more Reese in my life. Mm-hmm. And he was incredible in this. He is so funny. Every every line delivery that he gives is potentially the funniest line of the episode.
0: Yeah. Oh, by far. By far. He's um, he's obviously scheduled to, to, to make a return to the sequel, the follow-up to um, What We Do in the Shadows. Which is following the werewolves and the, the, the movie's title is We Are Wolves But if you say it in New Zealand it's werewolves <laughs> Which is just that sort of thing just makes me laugh. <laughs> it's just so stupid but so funny. And he he is he's a fucking he's a he's a really good actor. He's got a very dry kinda he's got a very dry tone. That, that that works for when he starts to get okay, with, like when he's describing like, basically his transformation from just everyday lizard to, to man and everything he goes through, it is just the most absurd story ever, but the way he tells it just makes it uh, oh, just comedy gold. I mean, like, hilarious. He is and, yeah. America's national treasure. Um, America's national
1: treasure. Um, we've, we've played we've got- him. Yeah, no restart, v is whoa, Oh,
0: whoa, whoa. if you're claiming him, does that mean that we can have back, but uh, Brendan Gleeson?
1: No, no, no. We have them both. Oh, All oh, right, we're just claiming everything. All oh, right, I didn't. I didn't yeah, know it's that. it's manifest comedy destiny. <laughs> and and Brendan Gleeson, not necessarily a comedian, but he's very funny. And uh, oh God, what was uh, the one with the Don Cheadle? The uh oh, the guard. The guard. He is so yeah, good the guard in
0: that movie. Big. Oh, oh yeah. this, he's fucking hilarious, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I think, um, I think, well, like I said, to me, this could be potentially. I don't know. Like I say, I'm now, I'm now, I'm now in this position where I'm really excited because, like I said to you, I've read things that say that one of the best episodes of the X Files ever is in this run of six episodes, and if it's not this one, Bo. That gets me really excited. Even if it is this one, like you said, uh, I'm definitely. good. You, yeah. yeah I
1: th- this has been whatever they spent on all six episodes. It was worth the money for for this one. Um, i Yeah,
0: this so, episode is about a million times better than the last X Files movie. <laughs> like a million oh, times.
1: Oh, jeez. Could Probably you imagine
0: ha- if this were ninety budget. minutes? Yeah, I was about to say about a, a quarter of the budget. And half the time, and this is this is this is why that this is why I always come back to when anyone's like the movie wasn't that no it was terrible this is the X Files and then look at that movie and tell me what that is um, I don't know and the, before we obviously mosey on out here you will have obviously read like I have online that Chris Carter's now flavor of the month both his episodes clocked up ridiculously high. Viewings, including their DVR and all the rest I think X-Files cracked well over 13, the, the debut episode well over 13 million and I think the second episode managed not as high as that but managed to hold on to its numbers like, at a high level as well so obviously they're waiting to see next couple of episodes whether or not they they throw some more money at him and tell him that they want more X-Files from him. But he's now just, he's just, you know, wants an X-Files movie, potentially. And then he mentioned something that really interested me, that he has plans, where possible, to bring back a millennium.
1: I saw that and immediately thought, oh, Duncan, you were going to be so heartbroken.
0: <laughs> you don't think it'll happen?
1: I would like, I enjoyed Millennium quite a bit as well. It's been a long time since I, I saw any of it. Um, yeah. I, you know what's gonna happen? They're gonna tease this Millennium thing and it's just gonna be a, a Lone Gunman series revival.
0: Oh no, don't do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> characters that were fantastic as side characters and cannot carry a show of their own, we're bringing yeah. them back.
0: See, the thing that, the thing about Millennium, for me, was that the first season of Millennium is incredible, right? It's dark, it's menacing, it's the X-Files, but it it takes, on on quite a lot of levels, it takes the fantastical out of it, and really focuses on real monsters, you know, like, human beings are horrible people, (laughs) you know what I mean? It really kind of focuses on that, but it played with this idea of the supernatural through the Millennium group and all the rest. And then you get the second series, and the second series sets up this huge cliffhanging ending of this virus that's released which wipes out half of Los Angeles and you know like it finished and I was like, this is this is about as incredible as this show is gonna get. And then the third series comes along and it pretends like nothing in the second series happened at all. It just disregards it. It makes no reference to it and goes and, and Frank's back working with the FBI and that doesn't make sense. And it just, it didn't, it didn't work. And then they rushed, uh, like, because it got cancelled, they rushed that the Millennium episode of the X-Files in season seven, which the two kind of crossed over and they had this one rather unremarkable episode um, where you're like that. Mulder, like, the, the thought of Mulder being in a room with Frank Black and sitting down and just, Kind of hypothesizing theories to me was just like this is going to be the greatest thing ever, and that episode falls flat. Lance Henriksen is getting on. If they're going to bring him back, yeah, he is. But- a, a six episode, like like an X Files thing, a six episode run. Dark. He's hunting down serial killers. Maybe bring back uh, Peter Watts, whoever the name of the guy that plays him. I can never remember his name, the actor from Lost who played Locke. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, O'Brien. Yes, yeah, him. He was. Uh, I mean, he he was obviously a younger. If, if they could, if they could link it all back in and do six episodes, I would love it. But the question remains: just because it works for the X Files, does that mean that they should? Does Chris Does Chris Carter now have a monopoly on on bringing back things that he did before? Because X Files just happens to be doing quite well at the moment. You know, here's what I would like to see.
1: In all honesty, as much as I love Mulder and Scully and their face swapping technology, <laughs> I would love it if the sixth episode and and
0: I don't we still may it. get
1: this, but yeah, yeah, the sixth episode is them handing the show off to another pair of agents
0: mm-hmm.
1: and let's let's go on a new X Files adventure with new characters. Mm-hmm. And, and you can have Duchovny and and Jillian uh, Anderson just bomb in occasionally, yeah. You know whenever the schedule allows and stuff. But I would like to see this new generation of writers that grew up on the X Files uh, take a swing at writing the X Files. You know, yeah,
0: because they're all off doing they're all off doing some of the most incredible. TV shows out there it's a hugely influential show and it's it it has had a powerful impact on it you can see the fact that i can like look at my twitter feed and i can see directors and actors and and writers just geeking out over the x-files being back speaks volumes about the 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 impact that show did have in the time period i mean it, it really did kind of changed the face it really it came along at the perfect time and did the perfect thing for for a little while and then it overstayed kind of overstate its welcome like a lot of TV shows do um but you know it was like it was perfectly poised and i and with you I the the danger the danger of having them as background characters is that you might have an audience that want more like my, one of my big issues with the final kind of the final series of the x-files is we always got like a every couple of episodes we got a little bit of Duchovny and and I, then we were left with robert patrick and i'm like why why are we with robert patrick when i could be watching david Duchovny um and you Can know you and shut your I, mouth robert patrick is a saint he is a saint uh, but you know what i mean you get to that point where you're like right i understand we have this character but where's my character where's my character i've had for you know, eight seasons up to this point, and that that can be difficult. And it's also who you cast. Like yeah, they sure, lucked sure. out so well with with uh Duchovny and Anderson. Who like Duchovny was like I said before, his previous role to this was in Twin Peaks as a transvestite, <laughs> which was genius, it's, which is which still is genius, and still blows my mind whenever I go back and watch Twin Peaks. I'm like, that is Mulder, um, and Gillian Anderson. We spoke about. This before. It was not great when she started the show, but a couple of seasons into it, her acting had really she had nailed her niche in there. And she was it's, it's who they pick, who they would pick to put in that place. And I'm with you. I would love to see it handed to me. It's the perfect yeah. thing to do now. It's a, it's a Star Wars thing. You get you know like you you're going to come back after a certain amount of time. You have your old characters handing over to your new characters, and we go off on a new adventure. That's why X Files should do. it. It's just who they put in, who they put in there, and T like TV's different now. Like that, the X Files managed to to outstay its welcome for a good three and a half seasons on the fact that it had like a reasonable core audience. Nowadays, if you know if you don't have like groundbreaking record numbers, like TV stations will you know finish you quick. Well. Um,
1: they also, awesome. w- I think, would benefit from the fact that these days you can get away with doing, like, a 12-episode run. Agreed. Yeah. And and Agreed. just say, like, you know, we're going to come back for a short season. We don't have to pad it out with mm-hmm. a bunch of episodes that no one cares about. Uh yeah. Because clearly they understand that what made the show good was episodes like, you know, Mulder and Scully meet the weird creature. Like, oh, yeah. that <laughs> was part of the DNA of that show, that it needed to be weird and different and yeah i mean I, I think if you came back with um you know 10 12 episodes of x-files with two new agents and you just had Mulder and scully in episode one and maybe the last episode mm-hmm. and then left them out of the rest of it you know, like, let let people know, like, hey, they're there and they're giving their stamp of approval on this, but yeah. we're not going to tease you. Like, you're right. I think they would have been better off not having Duchovny in that season at all, as opposed yeah. to he, every two or three episodes, you're going to get a few minutes.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: Agreed. All right, well, now that we've solved the problem of how to bring back the uh, X-Files <laughs> properly, Duncan. <laughs> yes, Bob. I. I I think we can close the book on episode three so far. The best episode of the new uh, season 10 of the X-Files. Yep. Um, really tremendous episode. If uh, if you haven't ch- checked it out and we haven't spoiled it so much for you that you're like, I do not want to watch any show that these two nerds are talking like this about. Um, <laughs> You you're doing yourself a disservice. Restarting oh, it's is so good.
0: So good. It is honestly it's effortlessly good. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah, I mean it just everything about it just felt even though the, the subject matter is the most ridiculous thing ever, it just felt so natural. Um Yeah. Ah fuck incredible. Incredible.
1: Alright. So we will be back in one week to talk yes. about uh, episode four of the X-Files. Where will it stack up, you ask? We don't know. We haven't seen the episode yet. So shut up, <laughs> listener. Wait, was that was that too aggressive? Um, <laughs> get off my back. <laughs> uh, so thank you, as always, uh, for listening. We hope you're enjoying the series. Uh, drop us a line at uh, legionpodcast.com or on Twitter at legionpodcasts. Uh, You can also go to facebook.com forward slash Legion Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show and uh, if you have any thoughts of your own about this new season of The X-Files. Duncan, anything else before we get out of here?
0: Uh, Just that I'm having an absolute blast. This is like the perfect thing to come back and do one of these TV shows. And I I just want to notice how upbeat we are uh, compared to this time last year with True Detective. So, well,
1: we also are dealing with Reese Darby as a weird person, named Guy <laughs> Man, and that that is a joy to behold. As
0: opposed I've to never, yeah, I've never been as excited. I think the only thing, like, let's put it this way, like, see, see, Guy Man as the weird lizard um on screen gave me the same amount of giddy joy as crowhead wielding a shotgun you know what i mean well, i was just like what the fuck is this this is the most amazing thing ever yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. except we've got a whole episode of guy man we only got a couple of seconds of crowhead so take yeah. note nick pistolato
1: <laughs> right you need to cast reese darby in every role and let <laughs> him play against himself
0: Oh, my God. Could you imagine season three of True Detective is Rhys Darby? <laughs>
1: so, got a murder, eh? Yeah.
0: We do, we do. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I th- that's that's all. What that's, I think I've rambled on enough. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> awesome. Remember and check out Duncan and Boke, i correct. We dropped a brand new episode. I would say, I would pause it, even though you stole the idea and put it as the name of the show it's the best movies we've ever covered on Duncan and Bo, come correct are on the most recent episode and you can check that on Legion Podcasts, we cover a couple of documentaries and FYI if you've not watched them, you should watch them they're fucking phenomenal yeah. um, and it was our most difficult decision ever as well which is, uh, I don't know if we will ever come so close to being in a position where we really don't want to either one of us to win So
1: next time, Thunderdome
0: <laughs> yeah. have that music playing in the background from Star Trek two minute or one man
1: leave <laughs> <laughs> alright guys thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you next week to talk more X-Files bye